Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I- I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, it- is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah. I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Fernando Alonso. Just what can we say? Formula One's most complete driver, but also perhaps the sport's most unlucky double world champion. Mm, you know what you've done here? You've actually done what Mercedes struggle to do usually, which is start off perfectly. <laughs> you've hit the nail on the head, my friend. Thank you. But Fernando Alonso, what can one say? GP2 engine, GP2 engine. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Kunal, something really funny I read on social media. So Honda's tagline is, of course, the power of dreams. McLaren's tagline for Formula One should be, dream of power. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and while we are having a laugh every single weekend, there are some who just aren't. Fernando Alonso, Jensen Button, Ron Dennis, and McLaren fans like you. Ouch, that was below the belt. But how do you see this entire McLaren situation unfolding? So, Honda will either figure their way around a competitive engine, and for the sport, and for your sake, and Alonzo Button's sake, I hope they do. Or, very simple, they'll pick up their engines and leave for good. Where does that leave Jensen Button, Fernando Alonso? Well, it doesn't seem like Button wants to race next year. Is he even racing this year? <laughs> and Alonso is trying his best to get fired from McLaren. <laughs> That's true. He was very vocal on the team radio at Suzuka. But I wonder if he gets fired from McLaren Honda... Where does he go race in Formula 1 next year? But wait, before you answer, let me get there. So Hamilton obviously won't let Fernando Alonso join Mercedes. Red Bull Racing won't take anyone outside of their junior driver program and they have Max waiting in the wings. Can Fernando join Bottas or Massa in Williams next year? Well, I do know that they have their contract signed, but when Fernando Alonso is available... A contract can be just a piece of paper, right, Kunal? (laughs) In which case, we could have a Ferrari reunion at Williams. Mm, You know, Alonso is actually the master of reunions anyway. With news of Renault returning, I wonder if, you know, a reunion with the Enstone Bay's team is on his mind next year, which would mean that it would be his third stint. Okay. And there are already reports that Grosjean would go to Haas, which means they will have a seat available. Oh, wait, you know, actually, could Alonso join Grosjean at Haas (laughs) next year or sometime soon? We can't rule that out. Alonso is anyway so keen to place his trust in newcomers, Honda. (laughs) And you know, while we're joking about Alonso's career, there's one stark reality facing him and his fans. Let alone a world championship, you know, at this rate, it seems that winning a race is a dream in itself. Ouch. And to me, it also seems that Max Verstappen, who is half Fernando Alonso's age, will win a Grand Prix before the Spaniard himself. Well, that's unless he decides to race elsewhere. 
He's anyway said that he desires to be a world champion again, Formula One or not. If only Honda would let him race in the WEC or Le Mans next year. But you know, I'm very surprised with Honda. You know, they own Suzuka. And if they know that the straights is where their engine really lacks power, they should have removed the straights this year. Silly fellows, (laughs) I tell you. But you know, Kunal, at this rate, I do have a feeling that very soon Honda might just ask McLaren to choose between themselves and Alonso. Mm. In which case, Alonso's second stint at McLaren might just be as short as his first. (laughs) (laughs) Or as long as his first, you know. But if any of that happens, okay, I have a feeling that McLaren will go the Red Bull racing route, which is all car and no engine. Oh dear. Yes, now it does seem that Red Bull Racing might not get a competitive engine for 2016. Can you believe that? Yes. Ferrari seems to have offered them the 2015 engines for racing (laughs) in 2016. (laughs) What a lol moment. I told you the Italians are very good with their politics. And what's funnier, Kunal, is that Sauber and Haas will both get the 2016 spec engines. (laughs) Unbelievable. I really wonder if the Singapore Grand Prix result got Ferrari thinking. You know, one won't know. But if I were Ferrari, I would probably do the same thing. I would choose an uncompetitive Red Bull racing team over some 12 or 15 million euros of revenue via engine supply. And let me put it this way, Formula 1 needs Red Bull Racing and not Ferrari, which means Ferrari aren't compelled to help. This could also mean that come Russia, Ferrari will face a TV blackout. (laughs) (laughs) It happened to Mercedes and Suzuka and one doesn't know if it was because they refused engines to Red Bull Racing, though rumours certainly suggest so. (laughs) And that basically means that Ferrari just could be next. (laughs) You know, there you finally spoke about Mercedes, some sort of blackout on our podcast, is it? (laughs) Well, Bernie did call us before the podcast, but then, (laughs) hey, we're not as petty. You know, I know you're dying to talk about Lewis Hamilton and his victory. And him finally equaling Ayrton Senna's win statistics. Well, I don't know about you, Kunal, but I'm somewhat glad that it was Vettel who actually beat Senna's numbers before Hamilton did. Acha, I see. (laughs) And in all of this, poor Fernando Alonso. He's been stuck on 32 race wins since May 2013. That's more than two years ago. Okay, you know, enough of this Alonso obsession. Who else have you got to speak about? Well, we've got Stoffel Vandoorne to speak about. And what about him? You know, I wonder, with this whole GP2 engine jibe going on, will McLaren actually promote him from GP2 to Formula 1? After all, he is leading the GP2 standings this year. GP2 driver in a GP2 car? <laughs> Sounds pretty perfect. <laughs> But then let me tell you, Kunal, he probably won't move to Formula One. Mm -hmm. After all, he's the only McLaren driver actually winning something at the moment. (laughs) Why would he move? (laughs) But tell me, on a serious note, do you actually think this entire non-performance impacts McLaren and Honda's brand image globally? Kunal, tell me, would you buy a Honda? You know, well, I already own one. (laughs) Although I must admit, I am very glad it's a non-hybrid engine. Lucky you. And for the first part of your question, if Eric Buller is to be believed, and from Graham, our friend at TalkingAboutF1.com, his interview, the answer is no. 
Wow, that's really surprising that on-track performance doesn't actually translate into off-track equity. And doesn't this then cast a doubt on Formula One's global marketing and PR program? I mean, this perhaps this is why car manufacturers aren't exactly flocking to the sport. Or it could be because a Bernie Ecclestone, who is otherwise an unknown entity in the automotive industry, could just decide to black out your cars as per his whims and fancies. Ooh, ouch. You know, I think that when teams negotiate a minimum payout with Bernie for the season, perhaps they should also negotiate a minim- minimum TV <laughs> exposure per race for themselves, you know? A report claims that Mercedes got only six minutes of coverage during the 90 minutes race broadcast. I mean, the FOM directors, they even missed out Lewis's pit stop. (laughs) Ridiculous. You know, if the teams do manage to convince Bernie for such a clause, you will finally know what a Marussia racing car looks like with Will Stevens in it. Oh, yes. And Roberto Mary, of course. (laughs) Correction. It's Alexander Rossi going forward. Kunal, but finally, how was the race at Suzuka? Did you find it boring? You know, I'm a little perplexed, to be honest. Apart from Hamilton's P1, there were battles all around the grid. Rosberg charged his way from 4th to 2nd by beating a Ferrari and a Williams. As always, we had Max Verstappen entertain us throughout. The Lotuses, for once, had a double points finish and Maldonado didn't crash. (laughs) So I am not sure if it was boring or not. But, well, like I said, to be honest, I did get a little bored. No safety car period, no rain. And it was actually only the fifth time in the history of the sport that all cars were classified at the finish. Is this why it was boring? You know, that and maybe the fact that the battle for P12 was the most exciting thing on track for the last 20 laps of the race. Oh, God. Pretty pointless, you know, literally and figuratively. (laughs) And also, for 7 out of 14 races this season, we've actually had the exact same trio stand up there on the podium. This is where I would say thank God for Max Verstappen. This entire charge up the grid from P17 to P9 was so phenomenal. And you know, it seems to me like it's such a regular occurrence. We always have young Max charging up and up the grid. (laughs) And you know what? This was his last race as a 17-year-old. And possibly the last time a 17-year-old racing in Formula 1 for a while to come. Well, I'm just happy that he actually gets to have the champagne when he makes it to his (laughs) maiden podium finish. But people say that Kimi Raikkonen should have his own radio channel in Formula 1. Well, maybe, I say so too. <laughs> well, maybe Fernando Alonso too now. Yes, and I also think Max Verstappen should have his own TV channel. That's how entertaining he is. <laughs> well, thank you, Pablo, for this comment. We agree. In this, Sainz wasn't too behind as well when it came to entertainment. He practiced a new rule that Formula 1 will introduce in 2050 where drivers will have to aim at on-track objects to score championship points. This will be because overtaking might just be impossible as cars will be racing all by themselves. <laughs> My God. <laughs> but yes, science was spot on target, wasn't he? And you know what? <laughs> he actually hit that cone before Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> that gives him bonus points. <laughs> you know, and while you're wishing for personal radio and television channels, Let me remind you that Lotus didn't have their team's hospitality unit in Suzuka. 
they actually had to squat on makeshift chairs all weekend long. But despite their troubles, they had a double points finish in 7th for Grosjean and 8th for Maldonado. Woohoo! Good show, guys! And I also absolutely loved their sense of humor in handling the entire situation. Yes, yes. Now I know next you will say that you absolutely loved Pastor Maldonado as well. I mean, of course well. I do. <laughs> but Kunal, do you know why Pastor Maldonado did not crash out with the Japanese Grand Prix? Why? Because he was left hungry by Lotus? <laughs> well, close. He figured he didn't have a hospitality tent to go back to. So his race seat was probably the most comfortable place for him to sit tight all weekend, you know? <laughs> you know, I hope Renault's interest in purchasing Lotus reverses their fortunes off track. Fingers crossed. Finally, we have Ferrari to talk about. You know, I would rather talk about Vettel's joke on Nico Rosberg in the post-race press conference rather than their back to the second fastest team on the grid finish. <laughs> yes, that was hilarious. Uh, would you also then want to talk about the Honda-powered mic which failed during the podium ceremony? <laughs> that or when the FIA failed to investigate Kyle Abel's podium dress. Oh my god, what was that? <laughs> You're the fashionista, you should know. Drive through penalty. <laughs> well, it may have been a pretty standard race, Kunal, all through. But I'm just glad that all 20 cars and drivers made it back safe and sound and happy. Thank you, Jules. Apple and I'm here to invite you to come and listen to my new podcast series, Raising April. It's the most intimate sports-related conversations you will hear. Each week, we explore the journeys of some of your favorite NFL players through the eyes of those that know them best. From Joe Burrow, DeAndre Hopkins, Miles Garrett, Ezekiel Elliott, Nick and Joey Boza, just to name a few. With exclusive insights and information, we leave no stone unturned. Subscribe now to Raising a Pro on your favorite podcast app.